You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning, end zone, Manningham for the touchdown. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. Mike, the cranky fan, is on vacation. I hope you all had a great holiday. I know the cranky fan is currently enjoying his. Unfortunately, you're stuck with just me today. Um, We probably would have skipped this episode because it was such a shitty week and nobody cares and the Giants suck and blah, 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 blah. And we would have just caught up when he returned. However, there was some big news today. There was some big news the other day that I was debating on whether or not I should do on my own. But now with the combination of the two, this is definitely an episode we want to get out there. And again, all this stuff will be uh, talked over on a future episode with the Cranky Fans input but man, there's a lot of shit to go over. So we're going to jump right into it. But first, just want to remind you to subscribe and follow to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. SoundCloud, just go to soundcloud.com, search Just Giants, find us. If you subscribe to us, all our episodes will show up on your homepage automatically. iTunes, um, probably the easiest thing in the world to navigate. Go to iTunes store, search podcast, Just Giants. Without further ado, the New York Giants have selected a general manager to lead the team into the future. By the time you're hearing this, this might be old news, but this episode will air before the official announcement on Friday at 11.15 a.m. The Giants have selected Dave Gettleman to be the general manager going forward with the team. Um... I guess, well, I'll, I'll just kind of go through Dave Gettleman's career a little bit. Dave Gettleman was a scout for the Buffalo Bills, the Denver Broncos, New York Giants from the years 1987 to 1998. Uh, he became a Giants personnel director from 1999 to 2011. For a brief year, was the senior pro personnel analyst and then was promoted to Carolina's uh, general management position from 2013 to 2017. Um, there are a lot of things that Dave Gettleman did really well there. The Carolina Panthers were, they had already gotten some pieces in place. They were a very strong running team with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Um, they, Cam Newton had already been drafted and shown that he was a legitimate NFL quarterback. Um, However, they had serious salary cap problems. They lacked star power kind of everywhere else. Um, Luke Keekley was already on the team. Thomas Davis was already on the team. But, you know, there, there, were, just, there, there were just problems with the team in general with star power. Um, you know, he had a great relationship with Ron Rivera. Um, the team, from the moment Dave Gettleman stepped in, it was shot into the playoff picture. Um, they became a real threat. Uh, and he managed to get the team out of salary cap hell. Um, he had a strong, well, or I, I guess I can't really attribute it to him, but you can't disassociate him from it either. But the Carolina, Carolina Panthers have a heavy influence on the running game and play action with, um, with a big emphasis on defense in terms of star power. Uh, you know, when you look at the Carolina Panthers roster for those years, there's not 
a whole lot of big name wide receivers. I mean, for a long time they were kind of going with a Steve Smith, who's probably he might end up as a Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver. I think I believe he's like on the ballot already. But um, you know, he's not an Odell Beckham like star. He's just extremely durable. He's sort of like a number three receiver. Um, Brandon LaFell was like another one. There's there wasn't a whole lot of star power for the skill position there. There was a heavy influence on tough defense and the running game, um, which sounds a lot like a Tom Coughlin-esque thing. Again, Giants roots, blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, his draft history from the years of 2013 through 2017 is heavy in the middle. Five defensive linemen, four offensive linemen, three linebackers, four running backs, you know, there were six DBs selected. However, three were from 2016 after Josh Norman was jettisoned, which was super weird. Uh, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. You know, there was a tight end, uh, fullback, kicker, whatever. Uh, you know, there's there's some big names in in the draft. You know, Star Lotulele, uh, Kawan Short is probably the biggest name in there. Uh, Vernon Butler, Christian McCaffrey, Devin Funches, Shaq Thompson, Coney Ely. Calvin Benjamin, AJ Klein. I mean, these are these are big names in pretty much only those positions. Uh, those were his biggest names, and you know, I guess there's a couple of people who will weed out guys like Calvin Benjamin uh, because he didn't perform up to you. Know, you know, some just because people didn't pan it pan out doesn't mean it was a bad pick. Um, I think Kelvin Benjamin was a great pick. I think he could have been a great wide receiver. I think that perhaps Carolina was just not the best place for him. Coney Ely, I think, was the second best defensive end in the draft class he came out with, which was with Jadavian Clowney. Uh, I just don't think that he was meant for a 3-4. I mean, he could play a 3-4 defensive end, but I think he was a better fit for a 4-3. And uh, he's still serviceable rotational defensive end. He was picked in the second round. But I I think if he were in a 4-3 defense, it would have thrived. Um, yeah, so it, when, when you match up what Dave Gettleman has emphasized in Carolina what the Carolina Panthers emphasized it's kind of lined up with the New York Giants needs uh, it's no secret the Giants need offensive linemen they need linebackers they need running backs uh, the defensive line could use a pass rusher of some kind um, and you know at this point they probably need at least one quarterback cornerback and perhaps another on the flip side, I'm not a huge fan of this. Uh, I have some serious red flags with Dave, Dave Gettleman that I have outlined in the past. Um, I've never heard of players telling agents they don't want to sign with a team because of the GM. I've never heard of shit like that. Um, and I'm not even sure what it is that made them do that. Um, there were a lot of players that were ready to get away from them. Uh, Josh Norman, you know, played ball the way players play ball when they don't want to be franchise tagged, and instead he was just released. And I don't know, obviously, I wouldn't know, but I don't know if he had already built up his reputation as a shithead around the organization. I think he was pretty well-liked down there. Uh, 
but I could be wrong, because uh, he is kind of a shithead. Uh, so he may have ruffled the wrong feathers, and he was, uh, Mr. Gettleman was just not willing to play ball with a shithead. Uh, it's totally possible. Um, but still, it was very shocking and weird. I, the, you know, it was, I guess it happened at the time of the year where anything would make big news, but it was big news when it happened. Um, and he instantly became a valued asset on the free agent market. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of things that just in general as an image don't sit right with me. Uh, you know, we've outlined this before, but if you're trying to clean slate and make a bold move and make a big shift in direction, um, this wasn't the pick a guy with big giants ties. He'd worked with the organization for 15 years. You know, he he's done a lot for the Carolina Panthers and I don't want to take anything away from that. I feel like I've been tooting his horn the whole time, you know, on the contrary, but, uh, he just doesn't have this bold, uh, history to him. He hasn't done anything that, you know, was high risk, high reward and paid off or, you know, doesn't seem like a visionary, you know, to be fair, I guess that being said, you know, perhaps his bad blood with players stems from him having to get the Carolina Panthers out of cap hell. You know, perhaps he was strong arming them into shit contracts. I I mean, I don't know. I have no idea when he comes here. This team is not in salary cap hell by any means. Um, he also has the benefit of, the, of we should hope, uh, having Kevin Abrams on him on his side. Um, for those critical of his draft picks, which, you know, it's fair games. Not all of them hand out. Um, I should also mention he's never had more than six picks in a draft, and that was only one year. Most of them were five or fewer picks, which is pretty low. So, you know, it's not as if he was working with a full deck of cards to begin with down there. So um, he'll have the benefit of having you know, of one of the better scouting departments in the league. I know Giants fans love to complain about Mark Ross, Jerry Reese, the drafts, blah, 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 blah. But I, there are a lot of organizations that would love to have the Giants draft room um, and scouting department. So, oh, and the reason I know that is because they keep trying to interview Mark Ross, uh, etc. Dave Gettleman was one of those guys who was poached um, from the scouting department as a GM and instantly a franchise turned around. So, you know, he's coming here to a place where he has more resources to start with. Also, this team, while there are glaring needs and they are a total fucking mess, uh, the bones of a team are there. I mean, we're one season away from being 11-5. and five. There wasn't a whole lot of turnover in terms of roster from one year to the next. So there are a lot of things for him to work with. He's got some money to work with and he's got a lot of organizational help. Um, that being said, it seems that Giants Brass went with experience over, I don't know, boldness, change in direction, change in philosophy. I'm hoping that that doesn't ex extend to the head coach position. Uh, you know, as we have we, as in me and the Cranky fan, have outlined 
of the coaching choices, there are a couple experienced guys that we really like to see, but there's some other guys who deserve a second shot. We outlined Todd Haley that I would be a big fan of. We outlined Josh McDaniels that I should be a big fan of. Some people think that Matt Patricia would be a good idea as a guy who's never had head coaching experience. I mean, I don't share that sentiment, but I would prefer it over some of the popular name retreads that have experience. John Fox, Mike Smith, Norv Turner. Uh, You know, I I would really, really, really dislike any of those. There's a couple, you know, John Gruden, could he come out of retirement? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Not like it would happen, but Jim Schwartz. I just, I fear that this this, uh, opportunity to be bold and make big changes may have been thrown by the wayside because it's unfamiliar territory for the Maras. Um, I don't know. I wasn't completely thrilled when I heard the news. Oh, yeah, so, you know, there's some, there is some sentiment being thrown around that the Giants made a hasty decision before the year was over, even though that was kind of reported. We thought that. Um, to me, that shows that they're sort of banking into next year. Like, like there's a legitimate shot for next year. And I don't want to say that there isn't, but if you're making sweeping changes, you sort of concede a year. I mean, it just kind of has to happen that way where you just, you know, next year, if we make it to the playoffs, that's great. Let's not count on it. Let's get this right and make the playoffs in two years, three years, four years, and five years. You know, you, you make the big change, you have that adjustment year, and then you've You've done those growing pains all at once, and you move on to be a contender. Uh, it almost feels like this was a pick, and the philosophy is that this will be some sort of quick turnaround. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang my hat on that. You know, I really don't think so. He's gonna have a lot of decisions to make. I'm gonna leave a lot of that discussion for me and the cranky fan. I think you guys know Eric Flowers' decision, Odell Beckham's contract, Justin Pugh, Weston Richburg. You know, are we extending Landon Collins? What what are we doing? Um, Dominic Rogers, Camardi, Eli Apple. Um, you know, is Olivier Vernon worth keeping? Uh, especially, what are they gonna do with Eli now? Uh, does this? How does this help the Eli situation? Does it make this? This uh, choice easier for either party, you know, the Giants or Eli Manning. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's definitely a bunch of stuff that the Cranky fan and I will discuss in the offseason and as news happens. Um, but I do think that there is a definite philosophy with Gettleman to strengthen the middle, which is the huge weak point on this team. And if I've, I've said it for... I mean, you guys can only attest to the last year, but I've been saying it for quite some time that the middle of this team is so weak that they, they just need bullies in the middle. You need a bully for a center and two bully guards and at least one bully tackle to just rough people up. You know, if the left tackle is, you know, a halfway decent pass blocker and a halfway decent run blocker, but you have a real bully on the right side, just to take advantage of the right side. Then. At least you have something. Um, they don't have any of that shit. Everything I just mentioned, <laughs> none of that exists. You know, so there there may be something worth cheering about. Um, 
in the offseason with acquisitions, re-signings, trades, and the draft. One of the stories that's definitely going to have to be talked about is Eli Apple, who may have just walked right off this team. Um, Eli Apple has been suspended by the Giants. This is ending his season, um, probably his time with the Giants, which is ridiculous. Two years for a first-round pick, a fairly high one. I think he was selected 10th or some shit like that. But, um, you know, he had a promising rookie year. I know he wasn't perfect, and he people like to pick on him, but they only like to pick on him because he wasn't perfect, and it was a very competitive year. The team was 11-5. and five. There weren't a lot of weak spots, but he was one of them. Um, he was a weaker spot. However, he was a first-year starter. He held his own most of the time. He has great athletic ability. He had a bit of a problem with holding. I noticed this year, even from an early standpoint, you know, he had some busted coverages left and right, you know, whatever. But he wasn't grabbing and holding. So I thought that as the year went on, he would, you know, the busted coverages would get cleaned up as he gets more comfortable. They get in the groove of things. And he had already dropped the holding and grabbing that this was going to be a huge year for him. It certainly seemed that way. Lo and behold, and I don't know how much of the losing spiral really contributed to this, but oh my Christ, he's like another person. Um, So Eli Apple was suspended for getting into it with a coach, presumably cornerbacks coach Tim Walton. Uh, This is not the first time that he's gotten into an argument with the coaches. Uh, Immediately after practice, he was not available for comment because he, quote, had to take a shit and left. Um, the, the level of immaturity here is ridiculous. Uh, Dan Duggan for New Jersey Advanced Media wrote a whole story trying to get to the heart of Eli Apple's struggles this year because it's kind of interesting. It's an anomaly. Like, why? 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 What happened? Um, and he delved into a bunch of family matters, you know, with his mother his stepfather, you know, their divorce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't care. I don't care. I don't think that matters. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't perfect at his age, but I'm also not far removed from him. I don't know what the two have to do with each other. I, you know, maybe you need support, but you're surrounded by guys who are dying to support you. They want you to succeed because, A, it helps them, and B, you're basically brothers. You practically live together. Um, I think the bigger problem is that he lives with his mother. Um, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that from you know, certain standpoints, especially there's a health standpoint. She's going through a divorce, et cetera. But you know, I, I, I just don't. I just don't care if your family's going through, your mother's going through a divorce. You know there's a financial aspect and what was going on with his money his half brother and sister, whatever. Uh, players go through this. It's no excuse for everything that's gone on this season. You know, he's just, you're surrounded by people who are trying to help you help the team. It's bigger than you. And, you know, he may arrogantly think that he was off this team anyway get another chance somewhere else. I don't know, man. You might get another shot at a tryout, but I've got news for you. There aren't a whole lot of super successful teams that need someone 
with potential, but with definite attitude problems. Um, usually teams that take a, a chance on them, you know, first of all, you're on a short leash, so you're first fuck up and you're gone. Uh, you know, a lot of times they're teams that just aren't doing very well. I could see you on the Raiders. I, do, you, do you really think that situation is going to be different anywhere else? It's always going to be about the team over you as an individual. So these problems will follow you. You have to change, not the setting. So I don't know what the fuck his fucking problem is. Um, I, like I said, I really don't care what your family issues are. I don't know how much of that really affects what's going on in the field. I know that it's a distraction when you're whatever, but this is your chance to get away from that because, you know, you can't have your phone at practice. You don't have to deal with people calling you and asking you for money and, you know, do you believe what your stepfather said? Do you believe what your mother said? Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I don't know what he's going through, but, you know, practice, you're surrounded by brothers. Uh, you're learning, trying your best, doing what you do, expelling energy. You know, take your negative energy and throw it at somebody. Um, it's a maturity thing, straight up. So unless he's willing to clean that shit up, it, it ain't ever going to change. And that puts a real hole in this team for the offseason because I really can't see him back. I could have seen him back in certain scenarios where a GM would give him a shot. Um, you know, new setting, new you, new year, new you. Um, definitely not Dave Gettleman type of guy. And I assume whatever head coach, you know, it's just he's gone now. He's gone. Uh, and I don't know where he'll end up next year. I'm sure he'll be on a team because he's got the talent. I'm also sure that he'll have no more than one good year. So that's the end of him, you know, which is a shame. Um, I guess the only other thing left is week 16 at the Arizona Cardinals, uh, an absolute disaster. They lost 23, nothing. Um, the game was pretty much over from the moment that uh, Landon Collins broke his arm. Our only Pro Bowl player came in for a huge hit, fractured his arm. Um, we saw what happened once you know once he leaves the field, the offenses can exploit the middle. Uh, there's not enough talent there. You know, I warned Giants fans not to get excited that Darian Thompson was going to come back and he looked really promising, and you know. He had no experience, perhaps next year, because he's coming off of injury. But I just, you know, there's nothing to get excited about. There's no tape to get excited about with Darian Thompson. Um, you know, free safety is definitely something this team can think about drafting or acquiring a free agency to pair with Landon Collins. You know, or even, you know, have a three safety kind of look where you have. Darian Thompson come down in the box, Landon Collins down the line of scrimmage or something, playing almost like a linebacker, and then a single high. I don't know. But once once Landon Collins broke his arm, this game was pretty much over. Then it was definitely over when Evan Ingram hurt his abdomen or rib cage. I'm not sure which it was. Uh, but he left the game in the first half, and that was it. Um, there were a couple of guys who played well. Uh, most notably is probably Ross Cockrell, who had two interceptions, again, on Drew Stanton, so whatever. But, you know, Ross Cockrell is a guy that was pretty nondescript coming into the team this year, um, and he's played well amongst the bullshit. Quiet guy, got his stuff done. And, I mean, nothing must suck more than being him being traded. 
to a team that looked like they were playoff bound and ending up in this fucking hellhole, right? Well, whatever. Um, Roger Lewis was not perfect. He had a couple. He had a couple drops. One was closer to being a fumble than it was, but it was a drop. But he did have one spectacular one-handed catch. Uh, you know, Roger Lewis is a guy that I know people like to hate, but he really shouldn't be a starter. But you know, he's improved, and he's going to keep improving because he has good potential. He's stayed clean since his incident in the spring. If he can continue to stay clean off the field, I see no reason to get rid of him. Um, you know, JPP had one sack on this game, but he was bullying the right tackle in this game. I mean, I was watching him all game just throw him like a ragdoll with one and a half hands, you know with a club on one hand. You know, that's always been sort of the criticism of JPP as he shows up in meaningless games against meaningless opponents. But, you know, I'm going to call it out when I see it. Uh, Snacks, as usual, came to play. And Rhett Ellison. Uh, So, Rhett Ellison, I thought, was one of the best acquisitions this offseason. Blocking tight end, who is well-rounded. Sort of like Greg Olson light. Not quite as athletic or as strong, but he can do it all. Um, he's not as fast. He's not as twitchy. Um, he doesn't block quite as well, but he does do those things pretty well. Unfortunately, he was put in Ben McAdoo's offense where he was barely used. I have a strong suspicion that regardless of offensive coordinator and head coach, Rhett Ellison is going to have a much bigger part of the offense, um, much bigger role in the offense next season. I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. We're going to have another episode, I believe, after the season is over. Um, if there's anything that happens in between then, there may be a surprise episode with me and the Cranky Fan. Um, and whatever happens next episode, we will discuss all this stuff together. However, if there's a surprise episode, the way to find out is on Twitter. You can follow the podcast for all um, episodes. It's at just giants pod on Twitter. And it's always retweeted by me at football underscore grump, um, where you'll also find my individual thoughts that don't make it to the show or just as they happen, or I, you can interact with me because I will answer. Um, you can find Mike there as well at, at the cranky fan. He also talks a lot of Florida Gators and, uh, New York Knicks. If you're interested, um, you know, reach out to us and we will hit you back. Also, uh, we will put all the episodes to the show up there. Um, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud and tell all your friends about us. Sorry if this was boring just listening to me. I'm doing the best I can. It's a little weird because I'm just kind of talking to myself here. But uh, hopefully this won't happen again for quite some time. All right, everybody. The Giants. Giants.